place on the wall and the watchtower around your own soul and all others in the body of Christ through prayer. To be very watchful for the wiles and the attacks and the deceits of the enemy. Again, for the protection of your own soul, but also of us in the family of God here at St. Peter. St. Peter reminded us to be sober and be vigilant on constant guard against our enemy in these ways. And I say particularly during these times. And today is going to be a continuation of that message to help us in our way in how we love one another in these various ways of protecting one another. Last Friday morning, in the daily readings, we heard a reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, and it goes right along with the Gospel of St. Luke read today from chapter 6. Because the message today that we are going to hear, our Lord Jesus Christ is going to put the fullness of the extent of His great mercy right in front of us. And we're going to have a look at His mercy. But from there, in the gospel today, we are going to see that our Lord Jesus Christ calls all of those who have been recipients of the divine and great mercy of God when we can never earn it, to turn to one another and offer this at all times. Never neglecting mercy. Never neglecting forgiveness of one another. And thereby demonstrating the mercy and love of God to one another. From our reading Friday morning in Luke chapter 7, we have the story of the woman with the alabaster jar. Now we're told that this woman was a sinner in the city. And the first thought you ought to have, well, isn't everybody a sinner in the city? And the answer would be yes. But it's mentioned for a particular reason. Her sins were well known. Probably a prostitute, adulterer. Some grievous sins according to that culture and according to the law of God. She was a sinner in the city. And she comes in where Jesus is in the house of Simon the Pharisee. And she takes the alabaster jar of extraordinarily expensive fragrant oil. And she prostrates herself before our Lord Jesus Christ. And she begins to pour the oil on his feet. And she is weeping with tears of repentance. And those are falling upon his feet. And she's drying off both with her hair. Now Simon the Pharisee says to himself, and if he were truly a prophet, he'd know how great of a sinner this woman is. He would not be allowing this woman to touch him. And so Jesus says, Simon, listen, I have something to teach you. And Simon says, teach me then. And Jesus says, a creditor had two people that were in debt to him. One was in such a large sum of money debt to him that it would be unlikely he would ever be able to repay. And one had all debt. And Jesus said to Simon, Simon, that creditor freely forgave both of them. Now tell me, Simon, which one of the two that he forgave loved him more? And Simon thinks about it and he reasons and he answers. He said, the one who was forgiven the unpayable debt. And Jesus said, you have discerned wisely. He said, Simon, this woman has come in here with much sin in her life. And she has wept tears of bitter repentance. And she has ministered to me 
while you have not. And then Jesus turns to the sinful woman and says, Woman, your sins are forgiven. And he wipes them clean. My friends, in this gospel reading from Luke chapter 7, we see one of the greatest pictures of the absolute divine mercy of God in motion. This woman had an unpayable debt. The great, the grievousness of the sin that was in her life and her sin nature was an unpayable debt. And she comes to the Lord with tears of repentance. She shows him love. She shows him respect. And she bows before him in honest desperation, knowing that she could never earn anything that he could give her. And what does Jesus do? He takes her tears of repentance. And in that very moment, he gives her precisely what she could never earn. In fact, she, he gives her the exact opposite. He gives her mercy. And he cleanses every sin, freely forgiving it. And when you see this, that is the definition of mercy according to the church. And then Jesus says, Simon, understand this. Whoever is forgiven much will go and love much. He who is forgiven little will go and love little. My friends, I am looking at a people who have been recipients of that which they could never earn and deserve. I am looking at a people that have tasted the mercy of God in their lives, forgiving their sins and releasing you from the bondage of your sin even further, releasing you from the darkness of such a burdened and heavy conscience so that we're freed to serve God and leave that death behind that Christ has put to death within himself. That's mercy. Now listen to what Jesus says in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 6, our Gospel reading to do today. He says, therefore, in other words, therefore, you who have received mercy, therefore be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give in this way, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use what you've received, it will be measured back to you. This is an incredible picture of how the mercy of God works. When we go before Christ like that woman, and we do every time we go before Christ with repentance, with sin that could never deserve to be forgiven, and we weep tears of repentance led by the Holy Spirit, and He grants us the forgiveness, and He wipes away those sins, and He forgets them. And He gives us grace to move on. We are then to turn to one another and demonstrate the same forgiveness one to another. And what it looks like is this picture that you are a pitcher of water. And you have been filled with the water of the mercy of God. And then someone, a brother, a sister, or somebody in this world offends you. You are to pour out the mercy you've been given. And Jesus says that when you do so, as soon as you lift the pitcher back up, the mercy is full within you again. And you pour it out again upon another person, pouring it out, but you're never empty. 
Because as you pour out the mercy of God, the abundance of the mercy of God continues to come into your life for your blessed joy and relief and the experience of his divine love for you. That's how the mercy of God works. He says, don't judge, don't condemn one another, but pour out mercy. He goes on later in that same passage in our gospel reading where he says, why, people, why do you try to get the speck out of your brother's eye when you're trying to do so with a huge plank in your own? In other words, your brother and sister's sin, rather you should look within yourself and let the Holy Spirit judge you rightly. Because that judgment is a judgment of loving kindness that brings about those sins that are in our own lives before our eyes so that we can posture ourselves like the woman, weeping tears of repentance and receiving joyful mercy. Why are we getting the speck out of our brother's eye when such a log, such a huge plank is in our own? God has shown us limitless mercy when our disordered lives our passions and our sin would stand to accuse us always. And we're to extend the same one to another. The result, the response of the Christian who has received such divine mercy is to become a deliverer of the same every moment of their lives. Every moment of their lives. And in fact, our Lord Jesus Christ says many times in the Gospels, that our continued reception of mercy is dependent on our giving of the same. Many times in the gospel. Let me remind you of one. In the gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 18, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is teaching us this even today. He said in that parable, there was a servant. And the servant, just like the one he talked about in this gospel, the servant owed a debt he could never repay the king. And the king comes to that servant and he erases his debt, freeing him from the burden of that debt he could never pay. So he goes off and he finds a fellow servant that owed him just a small amount of money. And that servant, just like this servant pleaded with the king for mercy, that servant pleads and says, Lord, give me more time. I can't repay it now. And what does that servant do? The opposite of what he received. He has that servant arrested that owed him money and put in prison until he could pay it back. Well, the king got word of this. And the king calls the servant to himself. And he says, I forgave you all of that debt that you could never pay. And you could not forgive him the little that he owed you. And he had him handed over to the torturers that would imprison him until he could then repay it. And our Lord Jesus Christ closes that parable with these words. Please hear them. For they are a loving warning for us. Because our Lord wants us to continue to experience His mercy. At the end of that parable He says, So my Heavenly Father will also do if each of you from His heart does not forgive His brother. We have a choice to make with our will. We can be participators in the divine nature of God and be mercy to one another as God has been merciful to us. Or the Lord will look at us and say, Thy will be done. And we will reap the calamity of not forgiving someone. We all know this. Any 
Anytime you and I, and we have all done this, anytime you and I fail to give mercy over an offense, anytime that you and I fail to forgive, there's only one person punished. The one failing to give mercy and failing to forgive because we're in knots within our soul. And we've also experienced, once the Lord helps us achieve that mercy and forgiveness, the very release of our soul and the peace that's restored to our very being. This is very real. And our Lord is calling us to that today. And you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I stood here and I made a confession to you guys about how I'd lived that particular week that was detrimental to the peace within my soul so that you could learn from it and we all could walk together desperately keeping our souls set upon Christ in fellowship with Him so we remain at peace in days like these where much suffering is going on around us. I shared that with you. And I would ask your loving permission to share with you something that I'm seeing at just the beginning stages of something that would seek to divide brother and sister even within our own parish. And it has to do with this issue. It's a very divisive issue outside of the church. It's a very divisive issue in media and social media. And it's this. You may find it silly when I say this, but it's not. It's very real. And it's something that our enemy is seeking to use. To wear a mask or not to wear a mask. That is the question. I have had many of you, and I so thank God for this. Many of you have come to me, whether by phone call or coming to me in my office to sit down and talk to me about the struggle that you are having with brothers and sisters in Christ. On the one hand, some of you are coming that don't wear masks, that struggle because you're feeling pressured and guilty because you're not wearing a mask. And on the other hand, I have folks that are wearing masks that are feeling a bit hurt because aren't we supposed to care for one another and wear the masks? And these are very real emotions that are coming up. And the reason I thank God that you've come to me to deal with this is because every time we've been able to talk, Christ has been able to share with both of us the perspective that he would have us have toward our brothers and sisters during this time. Because the reality is we're walking in a day where the mask within the church environment has been made an option both by the church, our local authorities, our civil authorities, as long as we are social distancing. So we have a choice to make. And no one is wrong in their choice if their heart is right. Ah, if their heart is right. We must be extenders of the mercy of God over one another over this issue during this time. Because, my friends, it's not going away anytime soon unless God, as we pray, miraculously wipes away this in a moment. So how is it that we walk in mercy? What is the perspective we are to have with our beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, all of us equally adopted as sons and daughters of the King of Kings? It's this. If you are wearing a mask because it is that extra protection for your brothers and sisters, thank you, God bless you. And I thank you for your love. Just be careful not to judge your brothers and sisters who either cannot there are folks in our parish that cannot wear a mask because things have happened to them in their lives that you don't know about. And you must have empathy to know you do not know the reasons for which someone is choosing not to wear a mask. And they simply can't. Some are extraordinarily claustrophobic. 
And this is very real for them. Okay? And, but no matter what, they are still showing you love because of their social distance. They're honoring you with that love. And you who are not wearing masks and are starting to feel a little pressured or guilty or whatever or believe it's all hogwash, come back to the middle too. Look at your brothers and sisters in Christ who are wearing masks both in and outside of church and say thank you for your love for me. That you would wear that to protect me. My friends, we have got to walk in the mercy of God. And not let, let Satan have that splinter of a beginning of a division in our hearts. Why? Because of everything that Jesus is telling us today. Because every one of us, ones that wear masks and those that do not. Have been given mercy beyond what you could ever ask, imagine, or ever earn. And if we want to experience the continued mercy in our life. We must be deliverers of mercy, not only on this issue, but every issue where we differ. Are you hearing me? That will keep your heart at peace. There's no peace when we harbor something against a brother or are troubled in our spirits in that way. And our Lord wants the kingdom to be an experience of the peace of Christ that he gives us. Always. Show mercy. Don't try to get the speck out of your brother's eye when the log is sitting there in your own, in our Lord's words. Focus on yourself and being before Christ, because here's the key. The way through this, in love and blessed unity, the way through this is to come to a place where we see each other with the 2020 vision of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not with our human frail eyes. But that he reveals to us each person and we love them as he loves them. <clears throat> I want to offer you a suggestion of prayer. Not just when you struggle. I pray even when I don't in all of my hours of prayer. And it's from that little red St. Aidan's prayer book in the middle. It's called the Prayer for Patience. And I know what you're thinking. Why would we ever pray for patience? Never pray for patience. <laughs> Different meaning of the word. Stay with me. Listen to these words. O oh, most meek Jesus, Prince of Peace, who when thou wast reviled, reviled not again, and on the cross did pray for thy murderers, implant in my heart the virtues of gentleness and patience, that restraining the fierceness of anger, impatience and resentment, I may overcome evil with good. And for thy sake, love my enemies. And as a child of my heavenly Father, seek thy peace and evermore rejoice in thy love. That's our prayer. That's our prayer that we take on the heart of Christ in that way for one another. And we will remain at peace and the enemy will have no play. And the kingdom will continue to be manifest in our presence. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.